Welcome to Blazing Business Trails, the premier podcast for everyone in the business services sector. I'm Sarah Paul and I'm joined by Kalvinda Hari. And this week we had two special guests, Martin Hill Wilson, the CEO of Brain Food Consulting, and our own Elaine Allen, who's the Regional Sales Director at Salesforce. We asked them about the challenges businesses excelled at during the pandemic. Especially the challenges that are faced by call centre workers. It's well-known fact that they've had to put up with huge increase in aggressive callers. So just how can a company deal with that? And what can help give those customers a better experience? Overworked, isolated and stressful. But that's enough about me and Cully. Here's what Martin and Elaine had to say. Welcome to Blazing Business Trails, Martin and Elaine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cully. For those of so you are not aware of Brain Food Consulting. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your organisation? I've been under the Brain Food brand for about 11 years now. So over that time, I've done a number of uh, sort of transformation programmes around of social customer service, performance quality. The latest one is around of uh, Emotive CX and increasing focus on mental health, well-being, you know, being very topical. And in addition to that, I tend to chair, keynote, do sessions like this a lot, you know, talk to lots of people uh, over the course of the pandemic about where they're at. Emotive experience and well-being, interesting combination, hey Elaine? Love it, two of my passion topics, you know, customer experience and mental health. So really excited to be here and have conversation and great to see Martin before who I've known from Cisco. Thanks very much, Elaine. So customer experience, it's always been um, an important topic, obviously, but obviously the the COVID has changed customer expectations. How have the frontline services handled this? It's been a very different ride. You know, I mean, as customers, we have certainly found ourselves in situations which we didn't have before. We've been uh, challenged financially. Uh, travel companies, I mean, goodness knows how many times people have actually changed their arrangements over the course of the 18 months. That's been hugely frustrating. If you've had to get in contact with your GP, I mean, it's it's actually come up top of the list as being one of the most frustrating touch points. But actually, if you think about the life and times of a receptionist in a local GP over the last 18 months, it begins at quarter to eight, it finishes at quarter to eight in the evening, and you probably don't get half a second off in between with a lot of very anxious, very, very upset kind of people. So I think what's really changed is, is, is the sense of urgency, the anxiety um, the sort of the competitiveness to get attention more than anything else. You mentioned competitiveness to get attention. What ways have they been doing that? Probably traditionally you're going to go in on the one that you most prefer. So for a lot of people that still remains voice. They've probably found that that has been difficult. Some people have had to actually turn it off. You know, they just haven't had the technology to enable a voice channel when they've pivoted to working from home, for example. But here in the UK, we've found messaging taking off in a way that hadn't before. I can remember a session talking to Lloyd's Bank frontline teams, and they said that they had probably about 40 a week, which suddenly leapt up to 7,000. There has been a seismic change around of the choices that we have found on offer and also our adaptability to trying new things, which we never did before, some of which at this point in the game have now become habitual. 
Yeah, Elaine, do you, would you agree with all this as well? If we just go back, right, the framework of absolutely everything that we used to know and do has completely upended, right? Completely turned on its head. I don't think we have ever seen anything like this. Um, you know, Martin, if you remember your days in contact centres, and I do too, we had peaks and troughs. But I have huge admiration and respect for all the leaders who were thrown in and some new leaders as well, you know, through this pandemic. Uh, You know, companies had their business plans, which were five years, which are now turning into eight weeks. We, We are now moved to a world of work from anywhere. Um, and I and I think the pressure on people's mental health and also, you know, the customers as well, the, the levels of anxiety have, have just gone off off the chart. Question I have for Martin. Um, Martin, before we move on, I want to know, are companies today hiding behind this particular challenge now? And, you know, those that have evolved and moved forward, I still feel through my own personal experiences that companies are hiding by the fact that their people are remote and they don't have call centre staffed fully, uh, particularly some of the governmental bodies are still, you know, not fully operating. So are we seeing excuses being made in terms of the service being offered to customers? Well, um, sorry, it's COVID is the new excuse, isn't it, still for some? Um, and they haven't managed to re-resource themselves. I think that the excuse is, is wearing very thin. There has been if you cast your mind back, a great deal of sympathy for the front line, you know, everything from NHS across, even into contact centres, and we were tolerant as consumers to that point. If you fast forward to, to here, I think there was an interesting piece of research by the Institute of Customer Service, which specifically said, are you now intolerant of the COVID excuse? And a third of that res- response said, yes, we are. And just to labour that point a little bit further, it hasn't helped with three different countries driving their own COVID pandemic plans, right? If you've got a call centre in Scotland or or in Wales, which there are, you know, they've been on different timelines to England. So it's not, you know, we, we acknowledge it's been difficult, but it's not, you know, we've moved on now and some of these people need to get back up to 100% staffing, right? Look, I think businesses are facing so many challenges, uh, demands on them to act now and in something that's constantly changing and a demand to plan for the future and to grow. Um, they've had to navigate new standards. They've had to put their teams remote Um you know, when we were in an office, you would have occupational health that would come in and assess your 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 setup, etc. You now have people working from kitchen tables with children and animals. You know, there's nothing more stressful than that. Um, uh, we, we've seen a lot of companies, particularly, you know, um, our customers within Salesforce who have come and kind of said to us, give us some guidance on frameworks that have helped as to how we go about, you know, some putting in some guiding principles um, and I guess there's four kind of disciplines that we usually focus on when companies are kind of like, how do I how do I keep the lights on or how do I digitally transform? And one of them is that client centricity. But because of the way the pandemic has unfolded, we've had to pivot to, you know, focus on your employees first. Um, make sure they're, they, they've got the right training, they're enabled, um, you know, make sure the right processes are, are in place, make sure you're opening your channels to the channels that your clients wish to engage with rather than the ones that you wish to engage with. Um, align as one team, 
I think that was a real eye-opener. You know, everybody represents the brand of the company. Sales, service, marketing, engineers, they are all one team. It's like passing the baton with dealing with a problem. Being that lean stack, right? Lots of companies felt they were digital already until they got, you know, a pulse test back from, from the employees saying, you know, there's a surge in demand. Like to Martin's earlier point, clients are really anxious they're they're looking for resolution within that first call the pressure and the pace on the individual who's dealing with that is beyond intense mental health is very much at the front of all of this and then I think the last part of the, the four key points of the framework is companies have had to sense and respond, constantly taking that feedback from the clients, then assessing it and then responding, finding the use of AI, that intelligence, huge pressure and huge demands. But I think we've had enough runway for us all and for companies to be able to um, adopt and I think we still have some challenges where we are seeing the excuse of, you know, um, you know, COVID being seen as, as, as the challenge. You know, we've been living this for long enough now. This is the norm. You know, what's the impact on call centre staff when you get a positive experience with somebody dialing in and, a, a, and a, an aggressive one, right? I mean, they're seeing each end of the spectrum there. If you are isolated without the, you know, sitting in an environment where you can turn to a colleague and say, God, that was awful cool, or something of that nature, you can feel very, very much uh, uh, on your own facing the impossible. Um, and let's just dial that up. Maybe you were somebody who were recruited virtually anyway uh, during this period of time of the 18 months, and you have not actually even been into the office environment. You don't feel particularly connected to the culture. You'll have a team manager maybe occasionally checking in. But again, you know, your sense of isolation is there. I heard somebody say quite recently, two of their friends had just disappeared and left the contact centre space simply because they couldn't stomach the idea of pretty much 24, you know, continuous 24-7 customer irritation, anger, upset, abuse, you know, at the end of the day. That's difficult, even with the best support, even with the best training, even with the best whatever, whatever. Um, And evidence of that, well, I mean, the Institute of Customer Service, again, has been talking to government for the last six months, saying that violence, whether that's cognitive, physical, verbal, towards frontline staff, and that can be in a retail context or in a contact centre context or whatever you want, is growing, um, significantly so. Uh, And we need to deal with that in terms of legislative responses at the end of the day. Yeah, so I came straight out of uni, went into a contact centre, first job, uh, didn't really know what to expect. It's quite a stressful job, I have to say, and you're you're telling us it's it's been even heightened since. But how are call centre staff trained to to you know protect themselves from from that? So the traditional stereotypical one off. By the way, I was trained thirty years ago and I have received no training since then. You know, there's that which is the backcloth of of what we're talking about. Now, to be fair. Um, talking to many organisations, they have certainly invested in discussion around of things like empathy, um, discussion around of things like listening, and you will probably find that techniques such as evaluating calls when they work and they don't, you know, the whole evaluation process, will have started to factor in some of those elements in their assessment and in the feedback. So certainly there's been uh, greater self-awareness, but have many people adapted to and delivered specific reskilling in that space my understanding and my conversations say no that still remains to be done 
And I'm also not sure that organisations have entirely woken up to the importance of doing that. On behalf of Salesforce, you're talking to customers up and down the country, right? So, I mean, are you hearing exactly what Martin's talking about here or is is it a different picture from from our perspective? Yeah, I mean, I get the great privilege of, you know, having all of those conversations with our clients. And I think there was a law firm that, you know, had shared with me, um, they pivoted to digital and then the training that they had to give to their partners and all of their the lawyers and um, all of their team, they hadn't taken into account that um, people learn differently, right? And that they were just basically sending a one email with A to Z, read this one pager and then you're ready to go. Um, in the work environment, if they needed anything, they usually come out and they'll ask a paralegal or an assistant or an admin who's there and everything will be done for them. So their anxiety and stress went off the chart. Their calls into IT went through the roof and um, the the lawyers weren't used to the change of their environment where they now had to self-serve. Or um, the lady that I was speaking to explained that the operations team hadn't really understood that uh, they needed to have a a, a better way of enabling their teams. And that's one of the learnings that that they, they found. They were also testing this for the first time, right? So they were learning as, as they went and had to be a little bit agile. Um, a lot of um, companies, you know, in consumer goods, etc., that I was talking to in retail, they they had their training manuals and they just assumed that people either knew them or were familiar with them or could, could work towards self-serving, but that wasn't actually quite the case. And to Martin's earlier point about, you know, the training that people in contact centres are first-line service, you do, you get something. I mean, back in my day, it was called the Bible. It was a massive, big, you know, ring binder that was sat at the end of the desk and it was like 12 sections and you had to learn it off and you went in and you did a test and you got a star and you passed and you were amazing. And then all of a sudden, they threw you on a customer call and there's nothing in that manual that helps you deal with somebody screaming down the phone at you or somebody asking you to do something complex and then when I was back then, you know, we were pivoting between different screens. We were trying to get the information. It was like, please hold, we value your custom and you're going off to a different department. You know, you can't do that now in that remote world, but making sure that you have that, you know, 360, that digital um, console in front of you has really, really helped and empowered the agents to be able to be better informed or to better serve customers. I mean, the younger generation in contact centres are not necessarily even going to have the life experience and expertise to respond to a very, very upset person. It's, it's a, you know, it takes some to, to know how to deal with that. Uh, and it can be very intimidating. So, Elaine, let's pivot the conversation. Let's talk a little bit around technology. Um, I think we've talked call centre, we've talked the value of that customer conversation those conversations are being driven from home now so how does you know how are we enabling or is how is technology enabling just a challenge yeah just a challenge on that isn't there a blended approach now surely people are at home and some are in the office yeah we've got hybrid for sure going on now because you know we're starting to open our doors and not everybody's home setup was the same. And I think, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, you know, after a couple of months, I was pretty fed up looking at the same magnolia walls, you know, not having somebody to talk to. And just those serendipity moments of connecting with people in the office. I mean, don't you just want to give them a big hug and say hi? Um, 
look, the conversations we were having with our customers were, um, you know, twofold. How do I keep the lights on, right? And 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 that was really that panic. And uh, I feel very honoured to have had, you know, conversations that used to be 45 minutes were going into three hours with CIOs and, you know, customer service officers as well. Um, and, and hearing about the real challenges. And one of the big challenges they had was the supply chain, you know, or the, the partners that they felt they had trust and partnership with, you know, trying to now pivot 500 individual agents in a house, you know, getting those laptops there and then. Um, that that was a, a real challenge for them. But I guess, you know, with, with Salesforce, you, you've got this amazing console that basically pulls all of the information into one view so that agents and customer service people and field service agents were able to support and engage, be it remote, be it in the field. We saw a lot of the field service agents taking on an extra heavy weight. They were the brand. They were the only people that were engaging directly with their customers and their individuals. <clears throat> we have an amazing consumer goods customer, pretty massive brand. And they said their contact center went through the roof, but they relished it because they don't usually get the opportunity to talk with customers because they sell through. Um, and they were loving the fact and they told their, their, their agents, stop thinking about solving the problem quickly, which would normally be one of our metrics. Think about the quality of that conversation. And equally, think about the fact that you've only got that person on that call for a short space of time. What feedback can you gain from them for us to offer a better product, right? And we saw that a lot in... Um, you know, domestic cleaning products. We saw that a lot in paint, in, you know, we've all done up our houses. We've all invested in our home environment. Uh, so, so they were the kind of conversations that they were trying to capture, which is very different to what you would normally capture within a contact center or, um, you know, a, a service line where you're literally quickly trying to resolve the problem so that you can get your metrics done and get on and, and get on to the next call. Um, we also saw a couple of like in healthcare, for example, we saw customers and we, we saw uh, clients literally embracing the fact that now I've got this digital transformation plan that I've been knocking on the board's door for the last three years and I can quickly now actually, you know, um, move faster with that plan. And then excuses that they would have had in the past, maybe IT saying, you know, we'll have to put that in the project plan. We can only do that on uh, at a certain time or, you know, um, we'll put it in the hopper. You know, they, they were all um, addressed quickly and efficient. So, so they found out that challenges or barriers that they previously assumed they had were not actually barriers. They were assumptions or, um, or an opinion. So lots and lots of things have changed um, over the pandemic, but technology has definitely made agents be a little bit more agile. We are now definitely in the hybrid game market. You know, it's going to be two days on, two, you know, three days off, whichever. Some people have extremes around of that. But basically, going forward, it's going to be both those two environments. Uh, and as Elaine said, that's within a context of massive digital, digitization uh, acceleration. That's been a bit of pus. Um, we we've talked we talked a little bit about mental health and well-being. I think that's become uh, now something that's becoming a priority for organisations. Just getting their heads around of that, I think that's a real plus. You know, at the end of the day, 
the convergence. Here's an interesting story. Um, Holland and Barrett had their um, retail staff come and work in the call centre and they got to meet each other for the very first time. And they mixed and mashed up those two service environments and they've gone back now out into the field, but they've formed friendships in ways that wouldn't have been the case. And so you're beginning to see some of the convergences happening in, for reality between sales, marketing, service in ways that would never have worked before. And you've also got equivalents going into the field staff as well. So lots of serendipity is, is popping up through this disruption as well. I was just going back to the technology side. What about uh, sentiment analysis as well? Because flipping it on the other side about the customers being contacted, some people don't always want to be contacted. And, and I don't know whether the churn rate was higher over um, when we were in lockdown, but certainly I have I had more bots, I would say bots calling me. And I, you can tell when there's a bot calling you because there's a, there's a slight silence at the start and then this person sort of kicks in and you can tell those kind of scenarios really. So so three questions really. One, do, you know, is there sentiment analysis now in call centres? Um, and also, you know, what was the churn rate like over, over COVID period? We're in lockdown. Well, we're still in COVID period, but during lockdown. Oh, God. Well, I'll take churn, right? Because that's one thing that we're constantly hearing within customers. Um, you know, how do I retain? Um, I think the challenge is we have forgotten that the pressure and the pace that these individuals have been put under. Um, we have now blended home and work. So, um, oh, look, you know, I only, I'm only just walking to the other room to go asleep. Sure, I may as well just stay online and do a little bit more and just get that done. Um, we have seen a lot of people burnt out, exhausted. I mean, how exhausted were you during the pandemic? I was permanently exhausted, mm -hmm. you know. Still am. <laughs> I wasn't moving. I mean, I turned off the Apple Watch because, I mean, my steps were non-existent. I was walking down to the fridge, of which the fridge, if it could talk, would probably say, not you again, Elaine. Um, and, and what we tried to do was um, support clients with putting in those boundaries, right? Um, you know, you would have heard Sarah and Cully, we brought in Be Well, right? A fantastic initiative where Mark Benioff was like, prioritise your health, prioritise your family's health, make sure you look after. It was so popular. We opened it up to anybody who wanted to tap into meditation, to Pilates, whatever. Things that we have seen is um, the different generations are expecting more from their employer. So uh, putting in well-being, putting in the barriers. Um, I think back in my day when I was working, if, if my manager rang me late at night, I'd be picking up that phone. Whereas now, um, you know, people are learning to turn off the phone, put it in another room. Um, asking, you know, definitely do surveys, ask and keep asking. And, you know, because we're evolving all of the time, what's important to them? What do they need? You know, we've seen that within Salesforce, right? They're now giving us, um, you know, well-being days off regularly to make sure that we actually stop and recharge. Um, so with retention, um, uh, you know, making sure you're listening to the, the employee and but looking for their... If I can just interject there, how do you do that when you're a call centre agent working from home and you've got a telephony management system managing, you know, your inbound calls and somebody's monitoring how many pickups you're doing. It's not as easy to do that as it is for us to just say, I'm taking 20 minutes out and I'm going to go for a walk and clear my head, right? They don't have that ability to do that. 
Well, you know what? We used to have on our desks, right, um, a smiley face or a sad face, right, where we didn't want you to either talk to us like we were in either thinking, training or on a call. But we also had, um, you know, kind of um, other faces that you could put on to say we were walking away. So some companies have now tried to put in blocks where they get you to walk away and they you may be in a pod right or in the olden days you know you'd be in an office and um the team leader will be at the end of the corridor or at the end of the desk so that they could see you and so they built in blocks where you would get up and what people are doing is either they're doing an online zoom pilates class or they're getting out in fresh air and they're listening to podcasts and so contact centers are trying to bring in that that well-being and and we're doing some of it but we really need to do more of it so that that's what what that's what i'm hearing from customers is just breaking up the day which equally is a challenge but also they've had to do this because when COVID hit the amount of individuals that you know trained experienced staff that got COVID. And then it was a case of, gosh, I've now got to pivot. I've got to bring in other individuals. How do I train them up? Um, so whether you're stepping away for well-being or whether you're stepping away for sickness, they've had to be able to adopt and put in that some form of um, process. And all those processes have changed. So one last question, because we're coming up to time now. Um, thinking about the future, say five, ten years ahead, what do we? What do call centres going to look like? Do we need also need to look at sustainability as well, which we haven't discussed? Because there's four percent of the UK working population in call centres right now. They must take up a lot of space, and there's a lot of uh, electricity being used as well. So, you know, any any thoughts on that? Well, the mix of how we engage with customers between proactive, self-service, and live will undoubtedly move increasingly towards proactive. Uh, and self-service, live to me will become 25% on average on the assumption that we've radically simplified journeys so we don't need humans to act as Sherpas to get you through the complexities of the outcome. So that is one thing. It won't be called a call centre, um, and I don't think it will be confined to the service end. It won't be reactive in that sense. It will go across the life cycle of engagement um, and I think also our ability to deliver effective service journeys will have a great deal more TLC through service design than it has right now, altogether more professional. Uh, and I sincerely hope that it becomes a place where people will want to make a permanent career because there's nothing better than learning how to be an ace communicator in life. And there is nothing better than engaging and serving customers. So that's my proxy for the cultural pivot that needs to happen at the same time. Yeah, great. Elaine, any any last words? Look, I think service teams need to remain connected by, despite the fact that we are so largely distributed. Um, sustainability has become a, a big point. You know, we don't need to travel, right? We don't need to get on a plane every time we want to do a customer. Deals and connections and, and contracts have been done all through remote. So we can do anything, really, you know, through, through voice. Um, I think the change in channels, um, more of Alexa and Siri engaged in our life, AI, data. Um, it's exciting to see because I think there's a lot of um, things that we wanted to do in the future that we didn't think were possible. And now we've leaped five years ahead. So I'm really excited to see how this journey continues. 
That's been brilliant. Thank you so much, Martin and Elaine, uh, coming and joining us on this episode. I've I've certainly learned a lot, and it's brought you know I've been reminiscing about my contact uh, centre days as well as we've been talking. So so thanks for joining us, and thanks, Cully, as well. Pleasure, everybody. Thank you so much. Great to connect and chat. Thank you very much. So thanks again to Elaine and Martin for stopping by. Sarah, what really stuck out for you? What really stuck out for me is that COVID has really impacted contact centres. And today, some contact centre staff still work from home, which isn't easy. And this is it's going to continue for some time. Mental health, culture, training, retaining staff are key in supporting the workforce here. And then on the flip side, they need to know when to be empathetic to customers. Give them the best customer experience. Technology has a part to play on both contact centre staff and the customer. Sarah, I think what we've recognised is that it's been a difficult time for call centre staff and companies really need to double down and make sure that they're looking at not only mental health, um, but also focusing on ensuring that customers are still getting a positive experience. And that's it for this episode of Blazing Business Trails. Join us next time and we'll take another deep dive into business services. Thanks for listening. <laughs>